Good morning, everyone, and thank you all for joining us for this second Sunday in the new year in January 2022, uh, January 9th. Today's message is entitled, A Better We Through a Better Me. A Better We Through a, a, a Better Me. After a quick prayer, we're going to <clears throat> jump uh, right into the message because the scriptural passage is, is a little bit more lengthy than normal coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. And I'll, I'll read the entire passage and, and then I'll give you um, what I feel led to share with you from the Lord in, in my preparation and meditation. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord God, even in the challenges of, of today, Lord God, with sickness and, and disease around us, Lord God, with, with wars and rumors of wars, Lord God, uh, with discord, Lord God, with with unemployment, Lord God, with underemployment, Lord God, with discontent on jobs that, that those of us who are actively uh, working and own, Lord God. But Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for the light that is Christ that has been poured into our heart that is in the world, Lord God, so that we can have peace that surpasses understanding, Lord God, that we that we know the person that is joy, Lord God. We know the person uh, that of Christ that is peace. Lord God, so we thank you for your, your grace, your mercy, Lord God. We thank you that we are not just totally consumed, Lord God, but that we do have joy, Lord God, in this world, Lord God, that even when things don't go the way that we think they should go, Lord God, according to Romans 8 and 28, all things are working together for the good of those who love you, Lord God, and called according to your purpose. Now, Lord God, as we prepare to look at this message, Lord God, a better we through a better me. Lord God, this is an individual message, an individual challenge for all of us who are hearing this message, including me, for us to individually look to see what can we do to do our part for the greater body of Christ and the greater good of, of, of all and the kingdom building of God. And I pray, Lord God, that we all grow from this, that even though the message is focused on our, our individual growth, but that we're willingly, openly sharing so that we can all grow together. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. So, <clears throat> um, as usual, I like starting out with some, some questions. And the questions that that I have this time around, and of course, please join us on Wednesday night where, where we take uh, a little bit more time, so, so it's not an electionary style, to unpack uh, the message and explore the questions a little bit more deeply. But the first question is, excuse me, how to become a better version of yourself? How to become a better version 
of yourself. And this is a, a, a fitting time to ask this question uh, where many are, are setting goals, as I said on last Sunday, and many are uh, setting resolutions. How do you become a better version of yourself? Think about that. Has there ever been a point <clears throat> in your life when you said to yourself, I can do better? Or Lord knows, or someone else has said to you, you can do better. Have you ever been a part of a team or a group effort <clears throat> when your heart's desire was for the whole group to be better, to do better, to get better? I would certainly hope so. If you've ever been a part of a team, be it at, at work, uh, or a sports team or, or in a family, it should always be our desire to do better, to strive <clears throat> for, for better. And here's the, the final question I'll ask, and then we're going to jump into the scriptural passage, and I'm going to give some constructs to unpack, and we'll be done. Amen. If I told you that the change you desire is within you, would you be willing to change? Would you be willing to accept that change? If I told you that the change that you desire is within you, with the help of the Holy Spirit, would you be willing to accept that change? <clears throat> with that, let, let's go into... Uh, the Word of God. This is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 through 31 and this is Paul addressing the church at Corinth in, in one of his letters. Thus uh, one of his first letters to, to the Corinthians, to the church at, at Corinth. And he is setting up this framework. We are all the body of Christ collectively. And he, and he goes through to explain the individual parts. And although I normally read from NIV, uh, near the end, after reading both passages in preparation, I think the New Revised Standard Version captures and expresses better uh, near verse 30 and 31 of, of, of what um, my heart's desire is to express in this message. <clears throat> so let us read. Starting with verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, or one body, so it is with Christ, that is the body of Christ. For in the one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greek. Some translations may say Gentile, which basically means non-Jew, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14, indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot 
would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make any less, <clears throat> make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think <clears throat> less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this, but God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the interior member that I'm sorry, verse 25, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Notice the it individually, not them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. One body that's, that's headed by Christ. They focus preaching. Verse 28. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, Various kinds of tongues, uh, some translations say speaking in tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And that's still more excellent way in the NIV uh, gave a bit more clarification there is love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so. Paul is expressing here. He did a masterful. Um, unpacking and compartmentalization of describing the body as individual that, that our eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, 
all have things to do within the body, but we're still only one body. You don't separate <clears throat> even twins or triplets, have you? Even when they're identical, they're, they're in individuals, but in that one, there's still only one body, one person. Okay, so what are you getting at, preacher? In this time, going into a new year, last week I had um, great expectations of <clears throat> expectations that we have of God, what God has of us, what we have of each other, and what we have individually. Well, from that, in my prayer time and meditation, comes this message, and, and, and it's akin to, or you might say influenced by, Bishop James Swanson's uh, The Power of We. We collectively can, can accomplish so much, but prayerfully, my heart's desire is to express, to show, and to demonstrate the importance of, of individual pieces. So in, in my preparation, I, I came up with how, how many of us currently exist, excuse me, in the church. The first individual, uh, the spirit laid on my heart, and I said, oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it, of a real fake. The first individual that we discuss is a for real fake. And that is an intentional play on words to express those who know that they know that they have no intentions of changing anything. This is the person that knows, regardless of, of, of what they hear or see, they have no intentions of doing anything, but they're faking it. They, 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 they are making it look like they're committed, involved, and dedicated. And unfortunately, like any other message they might have heard in the past, this message will have no bearing. It'll do them no good. Why? Because it is virtually impossible to change a closed and made-up mind even harder to deal with um, a hard heart. I use the word virtually because with God, there is always hope, excuse me, and we should never, ever give up on, 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 on anyone. So if you're that, that, that person, and, and I spoke to a family member here recently who, who's trying, I, I, I genuinely believe, trying to get there but maybe in that space. So let's talk about um, persons in, in category number two. I'm calling this group the wait and see saints. The wait and see saints. The wait and see saints are those who will take no initiative to start or to lead anything. However, once someone else does start it, they are truly willing to assist to accomplish the work. They are jumping in and help out. Excuse me. 
So that sounds great, preacher. So what's the problem? I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. The problem with the wait and see saints are, excuse me, forgive me. The problem with the wait and see saints are, what if everybody or in the church, we, we call it the 80-20 rule where 80% of the members seem to sit back and enjoy or watch the 20% do the work. So if everyone is waiting for everyone else, nothing gets done. That's the first uh, problem with the wait and see saints. And specifically and particularly as it relates to giving, wait and see saints could get hung up and stuck on thinking they know, or even if they do know who's not giving and they decide when I see them give, then I'll give. And that's a problem because now you're basing your worship because the act of giving is a act of worship and obedience and submission to God, not the individuals. But when you await and see saint and you think someone else is not pulling their weight or doing their share, you then may choose not to participate in some work of ministry and heaven forbid, uh, in financially supporting the church because you're waiting to see. What's the proposed solution? Even a better question. The, pro, the proposed solution is, the scripture says, we should do our work as though unto the Lord. So when we're working as though un, unto the Lord, we allow God to use us and we continue to pray for others because you never know, they might be two, a wait and see saint, and they might be waiting on you or me or someone else that they are admiring or watching or observing to do something before they jump in. Okay. Number three. And this is the one that, that really uh, <clears throat> tugs at, at my heart. But this is... Um, what what I what I'm calling the hurt and revert saints, the hurt and revert saints. These are the saints who have at some point gotten involved with ministry, may have taken the initiative, but have stopped as a result of being hurt. Lord Jesus, and as I've said many times before. And it holds true. Uh, it's as true now as it's ever been. But church hurt is the worst hurt. And you say, well, well, why is that? Why is church hurt the worst hurt? Because church collectively should be a safe haven, should be a place where vulnerable people should be able to feel safe. But unfortunately, that's where a lot of them uh, experience hurt. I heard one, one Christian rap artist, uh, NF, put it this way. Church is where I found Christ, but it's also where I learned to judge. Lord Jesus. Now, let me take the time to acknowledge that your hurt is real and it's valid. 
And even without knowing the specifics, by the grace of God, I am sorry that, that you've experienced whatever type of hurt it was. And, and if it was at the, at the hands of your pastor, if it was at, at my hands, intentionally or unintentionally, even when it's unintentional, hurt is still hurt. So if I have personally failed to acknowledge you in any way, if I have failed to, to call and check on you, if I have failed to, to nurture you, if I have failed to apologize before this point, I, I'm humbly and sincerely asking for your forgiveness and, and, and I am truly sorry. But I also um, would like to apologize for others. I don't know what their intent was, but carrying over uh, from last week's message in, in one of the final challenges is in the great expectations. I'm choosing to believe that the Holy Spirit can work in them if they're in the church and, and expect the, the best of them. But here's the reality of, of the world we live in and even the church that we're involved in. The church is composed of hurting, broken, flawed people. And that includes pastors, ministers, preachers, and teachers. And, and I am no exception in, in that group. We are all a broken, flawed people who are trying to live out better lives by surrendering our will and obedience to Christ. So then what's the proposed solution for, for the hurt and revert uh, saints, those who have been hurt and as a result have stopped participating in ministry and in kingdom building and in the work of the ministry. First, seek to forgive and allow yourself to be healed. First, seek to forgive whatever infraction happened, whomever it was, to allow yourself to be healed. I, I'll uh, prayerfully come back and do some in-depth teaching and preaching <clears throat> on forgiveness and express the importance of it, not just for the benefit of the person who receives it, but solely for the person who's doing the forgiveness and resume the, the, the work of Christ in ministry for his sake and the benefit of others who, who need to see it. And finally, we get to what I'm calling the seasoned saints. The seasoned saints, the, 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 the old soldiers, as some gospel writers put it. These particular saints, been there, done that, as one country song puts it, put it, got the t-shirt and the hat. Seasoned saints generally don't get saved and become seasoned saints. At some point, they were probably convinced for lack of knowledge, lack of commitment, lack of change of heart for whatever reason, that they were for real fakes. At some point, they uh, seasoned saints might have been uh, uh, a saint that <clears throat> was a wait and see saint, sitting back to to observe to see the the authenticity, the, 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 the commitment, the sincerity 
of the church, of the body of Christ, of this local body of believers before they got involved. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of us, if not all of us, have been involved with the hurt and revert uh, part of church building, uh, kingdom building, and being involved with the church. But at some point, the Holy Spirit has ministered to our hearts and the hurt has become less hurtful and we've allowed the Holy Spirit to heal us and as a result have gotten back in the saddle, back in the seat, back in the game, back into actively involved in ministry. So in order to create a better we through a better me, I'm asking that wherever you are on that scale, if you are seeing the same, thanks be to God, to God be the glory and thank you. I pray that you continue to financially support the church. I pray that you continue to support the church with your prayers. I pray that you continue to pray for those other tears that, that I, I covered in this message. As the Apostle Paul put it, we all have our parts to play and they're all important. He used the part of the body. Everybody can't be the preacher and teacher, but watch this. The Holy Spirit laid this one on, on my heart just as, as my final preparation for this message. I have found generally the best way, if you're actively working and there are those who are questioning your work or pressing uh, against you or questioning your work, how to get them to leave you alone, offer it to them. Anything I'm doing or I have done, if someone else wants to do it, there's plenty of work to do in the kingdom. So you never ever need to feel like you're taking someone else's work because there's plenty of work for all of us to do. So the challenge is to get involved, to do something. If you're in mobile, if you got a phone, you can call and check on somebody. You can pray. You can write a thank you letter. You can write a love letter. You can start a prison ministry where you're writing letters to those who are incarcerated, like the Apostle Paul was when he was writing letters. And by doing so, by individually growing, and you remember that last question I asked, would you be willing to accept that change through the power of the Holy Spirit? See, we still have free will. The Holy Spirit can press upon us the change for our individual lives. Whatever change we desire, we surely already have it in the Holy Spirit, but we pray and ask that he reveal it to us, then we need but be open, honest, and obedient to accept that change and watch God go to work and manifest that change in me. And as a result, we all benefit. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing about a change in me, Lord God. For without Christ, I would be worthless, worthless. But Lord God, we're all worth something in your sight. But how great, Lord God. Jesus, you said we bear much fruit when we intertwine and mixed in with you, Lord God. So I'm praying, Lord God, that we cling to you even more so, Jesus, even now and in this day. And I'm praying, Lord God, for those who have been hurt that their hearts be healed, Lord God, that they learn the miracle of forgiveness 
so that they could be healed and made whole. Lord God, for those who are wait, waiting to see, I pray that you manifest a, 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 yourself real in their lives, Lord God. And I know I be asking much of man, but there is nothing that's impossible for you. So, Lord God, you know our limitations. So I pray that you that you reveal yourself in a mighty way to those who are waiting to see just how real and authentic the living Christ is in this life and in this world. Lord God, I'm praying for those who are for real fakes. They can fool those of us on the surface. The word of God says you cannot hide your heart because God sees the heart of man. So I'm praying right now, Lord God, for those who are lost, Lord God, those who are pretenders, Lord God, those who are spectators, Lord God. I'm praying that the very risen Christ, the very risen Savior, would press upon their heart and visit them. And through the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit, that they be transformed into a, into a very new person, Lord God. In your scripture, Lord God, in your Holy Scripture, you said those who are in Christ are new creatures that we are no longer the same. And I pray that all those under the sound of my voice, Lord God, including me, embrace and accept that supernatural bold change that takes place within us when we walk in the spirit. Now to him who is able to present us spotless and blameless before the throne of grace, I pray that you keep our hearts and mind both in the knowledge and in love of Christ. Go in peace. Know that God loves you. And I love you, too. I hope to see you all back here on Wednesday. God bless.